In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello, and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Remy. And I'm Emily. And today we're talking about, honestly, one of my favorite topics, Mm -hmm. which is relationships and how they affect body image and vice versa. Yes. And we've touched on some of these before, but I really think it warrants its own episode because Mm -hmm. these are issues that a lot of us face in romantic relationships, in Dating, or even if you're single, just not feeling great about your body. Sexual relationship, yeah, Mm, and yes, and definitely with sex. And when we originally signed on to do this podcast, Remy, you had primarily been in the sex and relationships space. Yes, say yes, Um, and I know that you've talked about body image negatively affecting your sex life before. Mm -hmm. So like, but for anybody who doesn't know that, how have issues with body image affected romantic relationships for you in the past? Yeah, for sure. So I might repeat myself a few times. I know I've told a bunch of these stories before, but anybody who's listening for the first time, they'll all be here. I obviously have struggled with body image, um, since I was young, uh, I talked about the whole ballet thing. And um, I think my primary issue has always been trying to fit to the mold that somebody else wants of me versus what I want of myself. So whether that was the perfect body for ballet or the perfect body for a trophy wife or the perfect body that you see in porn, I wanted to be something that would please other people, somebody that the the look of me wouldn't offend other people. I thought if you deviated from what you were supposed to look like, um, nobody would enjoy you. And that a lot of the point to us being here was for other people to be attracted to us. Okay, I was just going to say, I think a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. I know that I have felt like that in the past, like yeah. that the only thing that mattered was that if somebody else was pleased with the way that mm-hmm. my body appeared or, and it, it mm-hmm. makes you feel so disconnected from yourself when that happens. A hundred percent. And I think the reason why it took me such a long time to focus on my own sexual journey 
is because of that thinking of I have to just look good for other people, be good for other people, do sex well for somebody else, get somebody else off. Whereas I wish that somebody had told me, focus on you first, focus on pleasing you first, focus on giving yourself an orgasm first, focus on being attracted to yourself first, you know, focus on making love to yourself and focus on being in love with yourself. Because a lot of times that I would try to masturbate and be excited and and have like a moment to myself, I would be thinking, this isn't a body that looks good enough to have pleasure. Even in like during even the alone, act, you would feel like that. Even alone, I would touch my vulva and I would be like, this is disgusting. Whether that's just stuff that I learned from society or people in my grade being like, oh, they're disgusting or um, hair is disgusting or ingrowns are disgusting. I always felt every two inches of my body that I was feeling myself, I could feel something that somebody else wouldn't like. Yeah. Do you think that there's any connection between like how freely we feel like we can comment on women's bodies? Like, do you think there's a connection? Because- Yes. And I'll tell you, I I wanted to tell you this story. I went to a pool party once Mm -hmm. and I was wearing a bathing suit and unbeknownst to me, the top of the bathing suit like shifted over and my nipple, part of my nipple was exposed. Mm-hmm. And later on, like a few days later, and and by the way, nobody told me that my nipple was exposed. Like I mm-hmm. clearly didn't have mm-hmm. any true friends at this party. But Fuck a em. few days later, a friend of mine said to me that somebody else who was at that party commented that I had big nipples. Wow. And it made me nightmare. So self-conscious. Yeah. First of all, just to set the record straight, I don't have big nipples. I have small tits. So that I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm 80% It's a perspective areola. thing. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that my areolas take up 80% of my breasts. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not big salty house, about no it land. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, um, but it made me so self-conscious. And like for years and years, I was like, Big nipples. I'm yeah. Emily Big Nipples Lubin. Yeah. And it became like almost a part of my identity. And then one day I realized like, oh, yeah, that's not true. And even if it was, who the fuck cares about your nipple size? Right. The the things that people would throw around and you're right, the comfortability with insulting female bodies is insane. Uh, I remember vaginas would be referred to as beef curtains for a long yes. time. <laughs> So I was like, who would want to see these? Th-? You know, like a lot of things were convincing you that your genitals were ugly. Yeah, um, and for some reason, it's always being compared to meat. It's always pe- it's pepperoni always beef. tits. Yeah. Beef <laughs> curtains. Like or maybe we're just hungry. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe they think roast beef is delicious, but it just didn't sound like that. Yeah. It just it's not a very flattering verbiage you know right but I I remember and it's not even just the commentary on your body parts or whatever which I mean people in middle school they would rate us best ass worse this you know like privately of course it wasn't like a school sanctioned thing but like people felt very comfortable dissecting people and people also felt very comfortable 
talking about people's parts after they had done stuff with them. I will never forget my friend's boyfriend went down on her and then told all of his friends he found toilet paper rolled up. I told you this. That like that that is so relatable because that's happened to every woman. Like you you pull down your underwear and you have like all these teeny tiny little um like joints rolled up. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so mean. That's such a mean thing. Like how do you not think that that's going to embarrass that person? I guess you just don't. They weren't being sensitive to it. No, they weren't being sensitive. And so that's it. Translated to me as okay. Well, I'm never going to want to do this with another person. Unless I'm perfect. Mm. I want them coming from the experience saying she was waxed. She smelled good. There were no farts. Her stomach never folded. Her neck never crinkled. You know, like. Yeah. To have a perfect image of you. To be perfect. And but having that like. Having the line be that high. Or the, the goal be that high. Then you start thinking about. Well, then I'll never be able to have a long term partner because I can only be perfect one day. If we're talking about hair, the next day there will be stubble. If we're talking about dieting, I can probably only feel skinny for one day and the next day I'm going to be hungry, you know, like or this was where my head was at that point. And I remember writing in my diary in college and saying, oh, I didn't realize that you could have sex on your period or that you could have sex when you have stubble or that you could have sex at a weight that wasn't perfect and still enjoy it. And I wrote it down being like, I would have had so much more sex. Yeah. (laughs) And so what that says to me is like, it was taking away from my enjoyment, but what about all the other people who could have had enjoyments with me and didn't because of my insecurity? Yeah. Yeah. Although they were the ones missing out, Remy. But, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Poor them. But what happened in college that prompted you to write that? Like, did you, were you in a relationship or? No. And I was honestly with a guy who treated me horribly. Oh. But it was like, no matter how big I got, it was always okay. Okay. Interesting. So he treated you horribly, but in that small. But he'd always want to have sex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God bless him. Right. Um... <laughs> Which also. I think that was a a thing that was fucked up with me is that I thought if somebody had sex with you, that means they like you. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true. (laughs) It's, it's definitely not. But like, then there's the, the other side of that where I think a lot of us are taught that we need to like hide the cookie in the cookie jar and like, (laughs) like, you know, not give the milk away for free if they can Mm -hmm. buy the cow or like there are so many terms for like withholding I know and I'm always like but what if the cow is horny right so (laughs) cows get horny too it feels like cat food has been the same forever smelly boring made of mystery ingredients that's why you've got to try smalls smalls cat food is protein packed recipes made with preservative free ingredients you'd find in your fridge and it's delivered right to your door make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love we actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat it comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it 
Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So what was your dating experience like at that point? Like, did you ever really date or were, were you more like somebody who would fall into situationships or relationships? Hmm. Situationships all the time. So because of my low, low, low self-esteem. I would always find myself in relationships or situationships rather with guys that wanted to fuck me on the low and were not open about it in public or would insult me in public. There was a person who actually like sexually harassed me in public that I had been sleeping with all of high school and then we were at a party and because he didn't respect me and because I guess I wasn't the type of girl he would see as a girlfriend, I was often the butt of a lot of jokes. And I remember one party, he came up behind me and flashed my tits to the entire party. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. And I'm also insecure about my nipples and stuff. And I, But it just made me feel like I am just pawn like I'm 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 nothing I'm not even a person to you this is the same person that he would have sex with me and talk about oh I, I love your body or whatever but would only date waifishly thin girls and never wanted to be public with me um 
in college, it was a similar thing. I had a guy who I was like his booty call. Um, and he was really, really disrespectful to me. And when he wanted to stop hooking up with me, he didn't even have the courtesy to tell me to my face. He told my friend, tell Remy I'm done with her. No. Yeah. And she he said, find you. Yeah. And she said, why don't you tell her? And he said, I don't want to. So either you'll tell her and she'll know, or I'm just going to stop talking to her and she'll figure it out. That's awful. That's mm-hmm. actually quite cowardly. Yeah. Horrible. And then my first boyfriend, officially, uh, I started dating my second half of my senior year and I was feeling really kind of good about myself for once. And then I started dating this person who was very, very body focused and um, wouldn't sleep with me. And once I brought it up and I said, is there anything I can do to make you more attracted to me? And he pointed at the TV and there was a P90X commercial on and he said that. (sighs) My blood is boiling right now, Remy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. And you stayed with this guy. Yeah. And I even got together with that guy after knowing that he dated a person before who he thought she was getting overweight and he said, you're going to have to diet unless you want to start wearing a one piece this summer. <gasps> and I remember my mentality was so bad at that time that I was like, oh, yeah, A, he's right. And B, I should lose some weight, too, because if she's too big, I'm too big. Well, but that makes sense to me because you I've heard this said before, and it's a tiny bit cheesy, but it's like you accept the love that you think you deserve. Exactly. Yeah, so if if that exactly. was your mental state at that time, of course you were going to attract somebody who reinforced that. Yeah. That's so awful. And then what about sex at that time? Like So sex, I was just having to be hot to them, to so you feel never, you wanted by it. them. I was enjoying the feeling of, I got it. I got him. I tricked him. He's here. He's with me. He must like me if he's showing me this physical act of affection, which no, none of those guys went down on me. None of those guys ever asked if I was okay. They would move me around like I was a sex doll and I would oblige because I wanted to be good at sex for them. Mm -hmm. I would say, oh, I love sex because I I did like the feeling of closeness. I had never had a boy. I wanted someone to love me. I was literally just going to say that there's this element of like during the act because of the hormones that like the hormone oxytocin baby. Yeah. Like you feel really close to that person. So Mm -hmm. that's something that you crave. Like we all crave connection. So that is another aspect to it. Like there, some people might listen to this and say like, well, I don't understand. Why would you want to do it if you weren't having fun? You are you are enjoying it, but it's on a level of like I this is the only form of connection that I feel. And then afterwards it's over, but that's better than nothing. Better than nothing. Yeah. So then at what point and and by the way, you were not having orgasms. You were no. You didn't have one until you were 28. And no one asked. They never asked. Nobody cared. Oh, my God. I assume that you were just faking it. No. 
That's insane. So it like wasn't even a priority. Wasn't even. Do you know the only thing I would fake is if, and this is a trigger warning, but if they were going too hard and it hurt me, I would pretend it was fine just so it could be over quicker. Oh, God. Which yeah, is, like, don't do that, you guys. Don't Sex do is that, supposed to be fun for both parties. People yeah, are allowed to take breaks. You're allowed to take breaks. Yeah, th- some, that's something I did not know when I was younger. People are allowed to self-pleasure. If your jaw is tired or your hand is tired, that person can take over for you. Mm-hmm. They've masturbated themselves before. It's not your job to be anyone's sex toy. You're literally not an object. You're a human being. So yes. the thing that took me out of that was how come? Because I was finally um, seeing all these stand-up comics uh, who were either females or assigned female at birth. They had vulvas. They were talking about their orgasms. And I was like, wait, you guys are having orgasms? Like, not only did I think that they weren't like medically necessary, I just thought. That's fake. That's, I don't think you guys are doing that. Like, I I always heard of the female orgasm. Yes, but I've heard it from oh, it's so hard to make them come. Oh, they Mm. never come. You know, like from usually a male perspective or somebody with a penis's perspective. You know, I wasn't listening to the people that actually have the orgasms themselves with the same parts as me. So I would go up to these comics and I'd be like, hey, how you doing that? And they started giving me assignments and sometimes I would do them, but sometimes I would just like give up because I was like, I'm broken. This is not meant for me. It's never going to happen. And that's why I started the podcast because I needed something to hold me accountable. And then those assignments became actual like assignments for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And most of those assignments were alone. They had nothing to do with other people. Like the only assignment that I took that had to do with another person before I had my first orgasm was a practitioner offered me a tantric massage. Oh. And even in that, that was about me. It wasn't yeah. about the other person. It wasn't about a penis. It wasn't about waiting. Oh my God, is am I taking too long? Does he feel okay? Do, do they think I'm ugly? Do, do they think the sounds I'm making are horrible? Like You don't even have to consider another take person. Them at yeah. Take them out. Take them out. And that's what I did. So my first assignment was to just graze over my underwear for half an hour by myself, learn to devote half an hour to myself, which I was like, nobody would devote that much time to me. Okay, well, guess who can? You. I Uh should start training me to devote that much time to me. So I did that. And then my second assignment was watch porn. I had never done that by myself. The only time I had done it was if a guy or a group of guys, honestly, was showing it to me at like a party or something like, and it was always very um, male gaze porn. You know, the girl like, ah, and arching her back. I find it so corny. And being hairless and stuff. But even like that arching my back, I would try and model myself after that. But when my real inclination when I come is to tuck everything in and tighten everything. So if I'm thinking about what I look like, I'm not going to be working on how I feel. So the second one, I got to watch the porn that I wanted. I got to watch a lot of trans porn, which I had never, nobody had ever shown me that because a guy showing you that, you're going to assume they're gay. And, yeah. So I got to watch all the stuff I wanted. I got to watch just girl on girl where it was like, where the focus. 
Um, turns out I don't even like porn that much, but it was nice to just open me up to that world. Yeah, you never would have known if there was porn that you could like if you didn't right. try it. You know, I have a lot of girlfriends who watch gay porn. Like, yeah. I, apparent, I've never personally watched it, but um, a lot of them get turned on by it. And like, I would never, I would never think, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a gay man. So why would I watch gay porn? You got to try everything because you never know what you like. I think specifically for women who like watching women, it's because there's no dick in the room and we don't, we always are focused on that. This, it's just vulvas, you know, and mm. making those people happy. I didn't even think happy. of lesbian porn. That's, I oh, you were thinking of myself. gay of men. I gay have men. a lot of, yeah, a lot of girlfriends oh. that like gay porn with men. And why not? Why not? But that's I just another never thing is like it's that. not the the woman's not going to be the sex object because there's no woman. Right. Two men. Right. Yeah. And a lot of it is just so cheesy, like a lot of the mainstream stuff. And um, and you can tell that the woman is acting. I mean, everybody's acting. Everybody's acting. Yeah. But. But yeah, there are very particular affectations and for sure. And poses and those like those said. affectations like I was like what if I don't sound like eh? what if I sound like Ugh! and it, it turns out I kind of <laughs> the latter um and it's okay that's totally fine but um my third assignment was just to look at my vagina while I was turned on look at the whole vulva look at the clit see if it moved or whatever I had never done that because I assumed guys don't care about the clit well you know who should care me right. I have it like crazy to me I listen I, listening to the old episodes I was like this poor woman this <laughs> stupid uninformed sad sad woman like you I weren't felt stupid you were a product of of the dismal sexual education that women yeah. get in this country and like you say the soup you know just the yeah. soup that we're swimming in yes it's yeah that's so true so then the fourth assignment was go to my therapist and go to my gynecologist make sure that there was nothing psychologically holding me back any fantasies or whatever just having her tell me those are normal that was amazing my gyno tweaked some areas she said you're fine you're just you just have to work a little harder so that was good and that like I think once did she say why why do you need to work a little harder she just said you're a lazy masturbator, and which oh, is okay. true. I thought maybe she told you like the shape of your clit no, is no. I mean, it is a little bit more buried, so mm-hmm. I do have to like dig it, you know, look for it. Right, but dig for um, gold, yeah, she was say. like, you just haven't been paying attention to the button, so try to push the button more. Wow, and I would never even think to go to a guy for that, like to ask. Yeah. You know, what can I be doing to improve my pleasure? I but, had yeah, they to can know. Totally is my that. brain broken? Is is the clit broken? They were like, yeah. nah. Um, and then the fifth assignment I talked about, we did a tantric massage. And then I also went to a female masturbation class where somebody modeled masturbating on themselves. And then we all did it in like a yoga studio type of thing. All right. Was this in New York? Yes. I, I always hear about these classes. And I never, but I never see them advertised and I never like know. But it was it's fascinating so fun. to me that you it can was take a class. Emily, people of every different body size, shape, color. Um, there were trans men in the class, you know, anybody with a vulva that wanted to learn. It's awesome. 
and we all had our little blankets over our, you know, so nobody saw your bits and you were looking up towards the ceiling and you just learned different techniques. And in that class, I also, she gave us permission to touch our butts and touch our boobs and have those things be your enjoyment. Where I always thought my butt, voted best ass in eighth grade, was for the oh, boys. Oh, damn. Was for the boys. And my tits got them one of the first in fourth grade was for the boys they weren't for me they were fixtures on my body that I had to carry around and sometimes be embarrassed by if I got harassed but they were never for my own sexual pleasure Mm -hmm. and somebody laughed at me when I talked about that on the podcast they were like you needed permission to touch your own body yes I did I needed permission to enjoy my own body for myself was this a woman or a man who asked you that it was a woman Okay, interesting. Because it was a very prolific sex podcaster. Ah, uh, okay. I because it's not so much that it's like permission, but it's just like you you aren't encouraged to do that. We're just no. not when when like that is what make can make the difference between you getting there and not getting there. Totally. Like how much foreplay or how much you're warmed up or just or like even the word foreplay. Like we're trying to do away with that because foreplay oh. is what cis men describe as the things that work for cis women they call eating women out foreplay they call tickling foreplay they call fingering foreplay honey that's sex that's like the whole enchilada that's what we need yeah 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 yeah. if you're talking to lesbian women it's set you know and you know who's coming the most foreplay lesbian women are coming more than heterosexual cis women um i think gay men are on the same level um but really the only place where there is a massive orgasm gap is with straight male female couples because the men take maybe four minutes on average and the women take maybe 20 to 30 minutes on average and we are trying to cater to the person that's faster when really yeah you need to cater to the person that's slower my favorite um orgasm gap metaphor is from Molly Brenner who describes it as imagine you went to a restaurant and your date ordered their meal and their meal came and they ate their meal and they loved their meal and they said oh that was so good all right let's go (laughs) my meal never came Uh uh-huh you don't leave the restaurant until everybody eats everybody's got to be happy unless that person came in not hungry Maybe they jacked off before. Maybe they don't need to. Sure. Yeah. Then you can leave. But if two pe- if two people came hungry and one person leaves full, that's not good sex. I love that metaphor. Like yeah. you don't just assume that, yeah, we get up and leave because I'm done. In fact, there's no other scenario where that's true. No. Like when do you do any activity with someone and you're, you finish before they do and you don't wait for them? Literally, we wouldn't even end this podcast if you were like, okay, that's the end. And I'd be like, wait, it's not. You know, you know. <laughs> yes. Well, I have a question about when you started How Come, because mm-hmm. as I said, you were you were 28, right? Or were you I was 27 when I started it, yeah. And 28 at first come. Okay. So you were with Ben, your current yes. boyfriend now. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you were open with him. I know that he knew that you had Mm -hmm. never had an orgasm. Did he end up 
participating in any of this? Like, did you have to relay to him all these things that you had learned or did it just like come naturally from there? So um, communication has always been really difficult with me, with people in general, but especially like with sex and with relationships. And so in the beginning of our relationship, I would want to tell him about things I was learning, but I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't have the confidence to bring it up. So I'd say, can you listen to this episode and tell me if there's any um, things that need to edit it? You know, like that's so good. And accident, you know, make him listen to the thing and say, what do you think about that? Isn't that so interesting? He said, that is, you know, like (laughs) um, for the tantric thing, I before I did it, I asked him, would you be comfortable with somebody else having their hands on me and doing this? And he said, yes, Um, I am still working on my communication with him. Anybody who is working on communication in a relationship, especially with regards to sex, um, There's a trick that I like to use, which is if you can't bring it up in the moment, which that's okay, like you want to, that's the goal eventually is to bring it up in the moment. But if you're not there yet, bring it up in a day or two after the sex or before the sex or whatever, and start talking about it um, in what Emily Morse, Dr. Emily Morse calls a compliment sandwich, where Mm. you say... Uh, the other day, it was so hot how you rubbed my whole body down in oil before we started. I just thought that was really like such an amazing way to get me turned on. And I say, yeah, it was really fun. You say, the next time we do that, I would really love if you um, did this new thing called the Kiven method where you go from the side and when you're going down on me, you lick my clit sideways instead and I want to do it for like 15 minutes I, th- I think it'll be really hot and really good and so then they have your request and then you close it up with another compliment because you're so good at pleasing me yeah. and I think this will really take our relationship to another level I wonder if I can use that in other areas of my life like you definitely can baby you're so good at sex um, I would love it if you made me a sandwich. Also, you're so good at sex. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so it sounds like the biggest thing, like what made the biggest difference was the masturbation thing. Like it sounds like mm-hmm. like Being everything alone. else followed once you got that down. It was literally putting myself first. Yeah. I had never put myself first. I just wanted to be somebody that other people liked and other people were attracted to when I needed to focus on liking me and being attracted to me. So what do you do now? Because I know that like, you know, every day isn't perfect and you don't right. always feel great about yourself. I'm having a bad week right now. Oh, and I'm sorry about that. I it's mean, okay. listen, the holidays are rough. They are. And technically are. we're out of them, but we're still in January and I feel like yeah. we're all suffering the side effects of that but when you want to have sex or when Ben wants to have sex if you don't feel your best like are you able to get into it or do you still find yourself like overthinking things or having like an outer body experience I'm trying to think of a time that Ben has wanted to have sex and I haven't (laughs) oh see for me it happens a lot (laughs) I'm usually the one initiating it um so oh no you know what he did try last week and I just was not feeling good 
Um, you weren't feeling yourself. I wasn't. He, Yeah, he was trying to go down on me. And I was like, I am not. I'm still struggling with that aspect of things, of somebody else being somewhere and giving you pleasure mm. and sitting back and enjoying that. That is really like, it's just hard for me. I still don't know how to devote that amount of time to myself. So um, yeah, he tried and I just said, no, like, can we just do something else? And then we did. And that's fine. I mean, yeah, I'll tell you something. I don't really like being eaten out. I could take it or leave it. I know a lot of people say that. And I think I used to say that as like, like a cool girl thing of like, Oh, I don't even like it. Don't worry. (laughs) No, it's not even that. No, I know. I know for, I know for you it's not, but I think I know for me it was, I hear they think it's fishy. I hear they think it takes too long. I hear they think it's a chore and that's foreplay and not necessary. So I'm going to be a cool girl and I'm going to say I don't like that. I don't even like it. I don't even care. I'm not even sure how I feel about it because I'm just not, I'm not there yet, Mm, which sucks. I still feel like sad to be on this journey after five years, but like how exciting that I started it. You know, I think it, it could be a lifelong journey and that's yeah. not a bad thing. No. It, like, cause, because you're constantly making these incremental strides mm-hmm. toward having a better sex life and a better relationship with yourself and your body, like you said. Mm-hmm. It all really stems from the same thing. It's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that what it all comes down to? Mm-hmm. And I will say it's not up to your partner to make you feel good about your body, but it is nice to have somebody who doesn't insult other people's bodies. Because Mm -hmm. if you're with somebody who insults other people's bodies, you're going to wonder what they're thinking about yours. Um, One of the things I really loved about Ben when he met a bunch of the fancy New York City ladies I grew up around, he was like, this is abnormal. They're all too... Uh, surgeried and they're all too thin or whatever and people are supposed to be able to age and that right. took a huge weight we off of me that I was like oh my god you don't, you're not gonna mind if I age you know one time I asked if he could see the cellulite on my ass and he said what cellulite and I'll tell you get yourself a guy with good values and bad vision <laughs> <laughs> no so true and don't let him buy glasses. No, I keep crunching them. Yeah, let's fucking break all their glasses. <laughs> no, you know, this is so interesting because when I um when I first started dating Andy, I told him on date three that I had lifelong body issues. And mm-hmm. I told him about my eating disorder. And mm-hmm. I told him about intuitive eating and re- healing my relationship with food and all that stuff. Prior to that, I never shared it with anybody. Which and is so tough. It, you know... Oh, now but you that, weren't dating anybody else. Well, I dated people, just not seriously. And right. I think it it never got to a point where it could be serious mm-hmm. because I was being dishonest. Yeah. Because I was never letting anybody know my true self. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it relates to what you were saying, which I was entirely focused on them. I was mm-hmm. entirely focused on how can I project this uh, version of what they want? And I was just assuming what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't enjoy sex and I didn't enjoy, you know, being intimate. I didn't feel close to anybody because I was completely projecting a false self. 
to these people. Totally. And that's the thing. How could you become serious with somebody that you're lying to? And they're not lying to, but you're, you're projecting perfect to, right? You're projecting perfect. And so if they expect perfect for the rest of the relationship, you have to be that person. Like you're supposed to be with somebody who you can unravel in front of. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And on date three, and, and this was after I was going to therapy and I actually had a, I remember specifically, I had a conversation with my therapist and I, I was saying something like, yeah, I don't really think I need to tell guys about my eating disorder. Like it's none mm-hmm. of their business. Mm-hmm. I really don't need to tell them. Like maybe if we're seeing each other for a long time and I feel comfortable, then I'll tell them. But why would I tell them on a date? Like that's awkward and that's weird. And she said to me, don't you want somebody to know you? Yes. Don't you want somebody yes. to? Yeah. And and it, it completely changed like what I thought about relationships. And, and then it all came full circle because then on date three with Andy, I told him everything and his response literally made me fall in love with him. Oh, and I don't like say. to get cheesy, but like the way that he responded was just like, that's incredible. That's incredible that you did that by yourself. That's incredible yeah. that you're sharing it with me so openly and, and, you know, and, and it, it wasn't weird at and all. Look what you've done. You know, like instead of him taking that and saying, oh, you're weak, you're broken. He's like, look how triumphant you are. Exactly. And I never knew that somebody even could respond. I think it was entirely like a self-esteem issue of like, that's my problem. I'm not going to burden somebody else with my problem. But like, that's what a relationship is. We both share Mm -hmm. problems. Yeah. Your problems are my problems. So I think like vulnerability is truly the only way to really know someone and for them to know you. Mm -hmm. And if like we've spoken about the Dear DST email where somebody felt really body shamed by their partner, Mm -hmm. like... You have to have a talk with that person um, and at least meet them where they are, right? So like maybe they're coming from a diet culture place or whatever. And like if you want to keep having a relationship with them, you want to take them on that journey with you too and be like, hey, this is actually something that like sucks for me. So if you want to stick around, you need to learn how to speak differently and maybe think differently because I'm not going to take my progress back. Yeah. Because you're at a certain place. Yeah. And like, listen, nobody's worth it. Nobody, no other human being is worth sacrificing progress that you've made and Mm -hmm. like ways that you've bettered yourself. You should be looking for somebody who matches that, like who can meet you on your level. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that was a possibility and I didn't learn that until I was 28. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting that it started or that's the 28 same age baby it's we are late bloomers yeah you guys might have heard that and some Picked of the things that. that we say yeah we're little we're little grown babies and we are trying to grow even faster but some people take later and longer and that is so okay and I always thought that wasn't okay either you have to be fully formed as a teenager no if everybody was then what is the point of the rest of life so true. You know, like so true. There are some people who start careers in their 40s. I know somebody who went 
to medical school at 35. Actually, on average, people change careers three times in their life. That is an old, old stat. Oh, is it? Is it more now? It's way more now. Yeah. See, With to me, three economy, is a lot. To me. No, no, no. It's, it's, yeah, it's something crazy, which is also fine. I think people are allowing themselves to try more stuff and see what fits. I used to think just to bring it back to bodies and relationships, and this is really fucked up, when I was with my first boyfriend who was telling me that I needed to work out in order for him to love me, he would say, I'm just doing this for you because I want you to be your happiest and best looking self when you're older. I'm doing this for you. And I, in my head, really thought, he is doing this for me. And it's good that I'm with somebody who's got such high standards. Otherwise, I might let myself go to shit, which I was mentally letting myself go to shit. Yeah. I was very thin. I was very thin. But I was so sad. That's all that seemed to matter to him. Right. It's also And even then, he, I told him that my arms were too big for my body. And instead of Ben, who says, we got to get you more therapy, he would say, yeah, let's start saving up for that lipo. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, and I, I was like, oh, how nice is it that I have somebody who finally gets how big they are? <laughs> yeah, like who will um, reassure me that my yeah. neuroses are correct? When everybody else was like, Remy, chill. You're like, I finally found someone who gets it. He gets it. But okay, another thing is like the standards that he... Like at the time you thought, oh, he has a high standard for me. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Where are these standards coming from, though? These standards are like very specific uh, uh, Western European, like very, very narrow standards. And it's like, that's not better. Like what makes that better than how I am naturally? I mean, I'm sure if I was anywhere with any beauty standards, this man would try to get me to adhere to those standards, mm. you know, it because was about I wasn't control. a person to him. I was yeah. a trophy. Oh, God. Well, thank God you're not with that guy anymore. Ugh, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Is there anything else that you think is uh, important for the listeners to know about? Or to keep in mind regarding body image when you're dating or I actually wrote this down. Like if you are in a place where you hate your body or -hmm. even if you don't hate your body, but like you, you feel like you need to take time and pay a lot of attention to healing your relationship with your body. You can take a break from dating. I definitely mm. did. Oh, yes. I think it's hard to do both at the same time. I agree. I, I think my number one tip is start by yourself. Do stuff for yourself. Learn on that body. Get attracted to that body. Grab your tits. Grab your ass. Grab your stomach. You know, grab your arms. Kiss your shoulders. Love your body. Realize how good you smell. You know, like take yourself in. Be like your number one fan because like, sure, you could enter into a relationship, but if you don't love yourself first, it's it's not going to be the relationship that you deserve. You're not going to hold the other person to the standards that you deserve. And this is just a, a little squirting tip. Ooh. Um, we had Kenneth play on who is he's done one of the biggest squirting studies. And um, he gave my friend Wednesday her first squirt. And is in that a fake name. Nope, it's a real name. Wednesday Martin, Dr. Oh, Wednesday God, Martin. Iconic. She's written books. Yeah. And uh, 
in that like lesson where he was doing that to her, he kept saying, relax your stomach, relax your stomach, relax your stomach, because she kept holding it in and trying to tighten it or whatever because of what she sees in porn or whatever. And this is a 50 year old woman being told, relax, you know, like she's lived in her body this whole time, never thought she could squirt. He said, relax your stomach. It happened. No. Yes. In, in that session. In that session. It was actually on air in her podcast, I believe. Okay. That's wild. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like I need to try that again because I'm convinced that I can't squirt. Relax that tummy. I, I got to relax my tummy. And breathe. And also, Remy told me this tidbit of information that I did not know. The clit from oh, the outside. Oh, can I tell you? It's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> it's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay, so this is the most, we learn a lot of things about how like everybody's different and all that stuff. So in How Come, the most interesting thing I learned was that the thing that we see of the clit on the outside, that is only like 15%, maybe even less of what the actual clit is. It goes back into your body about four inches, then it splits. And then it looks like a little cowboy, basically like two legs sitting on a horse and the Ooh. vaginal opening is the horse. That's why so, I say howdy then, when I come. <laughs> howdy doody. And the legs clo like are really close to the horse's sides. So those people who can come, quote unquote, internally, it's actually what is rubbing, whether it's the dildo or the penis or whatever, is, is inserting into the vagina, but it's the clit on the vaginal wall that is getting stimulated. So you're actually having an internal clitoral orgasm so all fem uh, vulval orgasms are clitoral, even if they're from the outside or the inside. And to help you have an internal one if you want, because only 8% uh, of people with vulvas can come from just penetration alone. The rest need that outside clit stimulated. Then it will engorge, engorge the rest of those legs so they'll fit closer to the vaginal walls. And then you can also have an internal one. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. So in other words, when people talk about a G-spot orgasm, that's still the clit. That's the back of your clit. I, I, okay. It is insane that we don't know this very basic information about our anatomy. Hmm. And that's because most of science was done by people with peeners. But now we're getting more research. First it was peeners. Now it's vaginers. Now it's geners. Um, <laughs> Remy, this was so educational. I'm so glad. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to dst at betches.com. And... Follow us on social media. Follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. Follow me at Lubination. Where can they follow you? Oh, you can find me at Remy Casimir. If you have questions for either of us, DM us. We're here for you. It can be um, about the clit. Yeah, it could be about anything. It could be about could my be ice about packs. Donuts. Yeah. Somebody actually messaged me and they were like, I, I heard your ice packs falling out of your pants one recording. <laughs> and then they referred me to like this one that like fastens on you. So those DMs oh are welcome God, too. Wait. That's yep. crazy. That I mean, it's not crazy. I should have <laughs> known that that exists already, but I was certain that was a million dollar idea. Because do you remember when I said we should create suspenders that have ice packs built into them? You did say that. and I It exists already, of course. <laughs> it exists. Any, any good idea I think of already exists. 
send us your good ideas, um, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And remember, we are always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.